Welcome to Crafting a Revolution, where I, your host, Katie Freeman, interview makers, artists, designers of all kinds that identify as female, non-binary, or transgendered, and I generally bring them to you on a weekly basis. Um, welcome back to the podcast. So it has been a minute since I have released any episodes and I want to just say thank you for your patience. I am so excited to announce though the artist for today's episode, Tanya Nixon-Silberg. Tanya Nixon-Silberg is a Black mother, native Bostonian educator, puppeteer, and founder of Little Uprisings, an organization focused on centering Artivism, racial justice, and liberation with kids. Her primary artistic identities lie in puppetry and storytelling, and her work moves through the lens of liberation in Black identities, focusing on body remembrances of childhood and joy. Her puppetry productions and creative research have been funded by the Jim Henson Foundation, National Endowment for the Arts, Puppet Showplace Theater, Boston Cultural Council, and the Boston Foundation. Tanya's large-scale community-driven artistry has been exhibited at many, many greater Boston institutions, including the ICA, Massachusetts College of Art and Design, Peabody Essex Museum, and Fuller Craft Museum. She is currently in a multi-year partnership with Boston and Brookline Public Schools, leading anti-bias, anti-racism, professional learning, and curriculum development. Tanya is also the co-leader of the Unadulterated Black Joy Collective with other Black mothers in Boston and co-producer of Play for Change with Godbees. You will mostly find Tanya playing and learning from her 10-year-old, groaning from her husband's puns and imagining how we all get free together. And I just wanna note that I found this to be a very powerful conversation, talking about how to use, or how Tanya uses her art to connect with children and have so many uh, important, fruitful conversations, not just with them, but with the adults and caregivers in their lives. So i um, super excited to bring this conversation to you and hope that you feel just as invigorated as I do after listening to it. All right, so before we head on in to this episode, I do wanna give a big shout out and thanks to <clears throat> The patrons on Patreon, especially because you have been busy uh, continuing to support on a monthly basis and being very, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, uh, gracious and understanding that during this time where I am in grad school, it is quite difficult uh, for me to be able to get out episodes as regularly as I did before. So I just really want to say thank you so, so very much um, for sticking with me. And um, yeah, here we go. So thank you to all of the patrons over on Patreon. Thank you so much. Matthew from Artigiano Serio, Candice, CJ Woodgrain, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine Woodworking, Christina uh, Melton, Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Lauren Matthews, uh, thank you so much, Sven, uh, Rachel Moody and Moody Makes, Bonnie Tomon Bonnie, Laura Oakley Soap Company, uh, Mary Lou, made by Mary Lou, Amy, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly of DK Reclaim Living Store, Sherry, Hazel and Gold, um, Amanda, Shop Hour 25, Brandy Studio Bay, Lee, 
the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs, and Erica Ash. Thank you all so very much for being uh, supporters of the show. I greatly appreciate it. All right, let's head on into this episode with Tanya. And uh, oh, there's a special guest <laughs> towards the end, which is my youngest, Jesse. Uh, they definitely came in and wanted some attention. So there's a little bit of that in there as well. Enjoy. <laughs> um, All right. I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Sure. Uh, my name is Tanya Nixon Silberg. I am, if we're in the sort of realm of craft, um, I am a mama. <laughs> I am a puppeteer. Um, I'm also a racial justice educator for kids uh, and their caregiving allies. Awesome. I will mm -hmm. say you're the first puppeteer I've ever reached out to. Yeah. And I'm like super excited you said yes, because I yeah. just was <laughs> like really, yeah, interested by your feed on Instagram. And so like mm. I'm definitely excited to get to know more about that. Um, I want to maybe take a step back, though, and ask kind of like, what is the story of Tanya from like, you know, baby Tanya to mm -hmm. how you got to where you are? What's that? What's that journey? Wow, what a big question. Uh, <laughs> what's the journey of Tanya? So I grew up in Boston. Um, I am a twin uh, and I have a little sister. Um, uh, went through Boston public schools systems um, throughout this all, all of the time that I've been, you know, a, a kid. Um, have been really thinking about my childhood and been thinking about like the little black girl in me um, and how she wants to come out and play. Uh, so I've been thinking, you know, like the games that I used to play as a young girl um, and the um, the songs that we used to play and the music that was going on and summers, uh, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s and how like, you know, uh, how it shaped me and shaping how I parent my child. Um, so I've been thinking thinking about bringing that back but I so I went to you know I went to school in Boston uh my my husband is uh also we went to high school together um and so like we've been together for a very 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 long time um I went to uh, college in UMass at UMass Boston um I first started to think about myself as an artist in college uh, I took a class because it was like the last class and I was like I'm gonna make sure that it's not science <laughs> not like you know not statistics uh, I'm going to take a fun class for my last three credits um so I ended up taking an introduction to sculpture and I uh loved loved this class because I I thought we were going to be doing clay um and he just said no it's sculpture is anything that you want to make something out of and as uh, I was just like wow the like first off when you're in college they usually just give you like like, you know, here's the instructions, here's the thing you need right. to do, and then that's it, right? But then having this, like, this just this world of, like, opening and, like, the fact that you can just do something and you make the decision for it, that was new. Um, and I really went full bore. <laughs> um, we had three projects that we needed to do. Uh, the first one was take one item and make, uh, use lots of it to make the sculpture, right? Um, and so I decided to use synthetic hair. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wrap this together and make it into like, I was like, in my head, I was thinking about a noose, right? Because in for, for black girls and black women coming up, that just this idea of like what our hair has and means and how we go through this journey of what our hair looks like and feels like. Um, I wanted to like talk a little bit about the fact that it's like, there is this tether that we have to our hair that could be really like toxic, right? Um, and so I like I started braiding it, right? I got these little packages of hair, like they're, they're synthetic, and they're I got a hundred. I got um, how many packages of hair did I get? They were a dollar, so that was just amazing. Uh, I think I got like maybe thirty or forty packages of this hair, and I just started braiding it, 
And I just started braiding it. And then I started adding it on and adding it on. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm like looking at like rope techniques and how to like build rope from fiber and then realize like, no, this is not a noose, right? So I just kept creating, creating, creating. And it turned into this like, it's this huge, it was huge, right? And it started out really big and then it just got really skinny and skinny and skinny, but it was still a lot of braiding and all the way thin. And then I braided it into my hair. And then we had the show. Uh, and so the show was like, I I was calling it, instead of a noose, I started calling it a symbiosis. And just this idea of like my hair and this, this like carrying it around that trauma, carrying around the joy around it as well. And it being manifested this way. Now, during that time, I was uh, actually studying to be a neuroscientist. <laughs> I really wanted to go into neuroscience. Um, and I showed my mentor this piece and she was like, that looks just like a neuron. And I was like, oh, like I did, it's not something that I thought about. And it did, it looked just like a neuron. <laughs> um, and so I think about like that, like just that freedom, right? And uh, another piece I did was I was like, I was thinking a lot about like the idea of the, like calling yourself an artist. I still have an issue with that. Like mm -hmm. there's something I need to work through. I don't know. But like just the idea of calling myself an artist is like hard, you know? And so I decided to, I was like, what would it be if like, like this idea around like, um, uh, I was thinking about like, uh, uh, conceit like being conceited you know and so I, I did this video project and asked you know folks and random strangers to just talk about me and I said just talk about me I'm put a camera on you and talk about me and there were like some strangers that were like oh you look like a nice person and then some friends I did as well just talk about me blah 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 and it was all like really nice <laughs> and I like, string them all together and I just had their mouths talking and 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 it, and, it, and it was just like this big cacophony of like, I thought like, that's, this is like really conceited. And they, and the, the, how people looked at it was like, you know, you are a nice person. I was like, oh, that wasn't the goal, but <laughs> this was a really good, like, like, uh, it was a really good process. Um, so that happened in college, you know, I went into the workforce, right. I, you know, I started working with, um, what did I do after college? I, I worked at the, um, the Boston uh, Public Health Commission right after college and uh, was working with their racial reconciliation, um, their, their racial justice department there. Uh, the fact that Boston uh, was thinking about um, racism as a public health um, crisis uh, was really intriguing for me. Um, and so I worked there um, and then I had my, my little um, and I left the workforce. Um, they're 10 now. Um, but I left the workforce. And then I like, you know, realized that like, you know, puppetry was a really good way to to interact with them, right? I was able to like uh like really big feelings that they had and really big, like, you know, emotions. Like you bring up a puppet, and I feel like I need to get one. Anyway, my hand is the puppet. You bring up a puppet, right? And then you look at them and all of the attention goes to this puppet, right? And so my child was able to talk to me about the big feelings that they were having, was able to have big feelings with this puppet about me, right? And I'm able to process this so that it's not like, you know, this like fraught relationship that we're having. Um, and so, you know, I we did that a lot. We have some like videos of us like talking about like you know justice and and other things that are going on in the world um and then I started um I loved there's a there's a theater uh, it's the oldest puppet theater in the U.S. uh it's called the Puppet Show Place Theater and uh I would take my child there and then the person that was the um the artistic director at the time uh Roxy was like do you do you do puppets I'm like what <laughs> you know uh and and I'm like yeah okay yeah I can do puppets and so she gave me a puppet it's called a nobody puppet right so basically what it is is like a stocking and a little head right and they, they call them nobody puppets um and so you bring it up and I and I bring it up and I'm like hi my name is and she's like oh great you're a puppeteer let's go you know um and so I've been doing it was it was really like like I didn't like I don't know did I stumble into puppetry I've always loved it. And so it was really nice to get that sort of validation, right? And like, you learn how to, you know, you learn about breath, you learn about um, 
there are three things that you need to do to actually get a puppet to, to come to life, right? Or any object, actually. Um, I can take, let me think and see what I have in front of me here. There's a lot of stuff on this desk. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, what can I take that feels like okay to bring on? I will just take a pencil. Here we go. So we have a pencil here, right? Now, in order to bring a and make a um, an object come to life, right? You need three things. The first thing you need uh, is breath, right? And in order to make your object come alive and have breath, you actually have to breathe yourself, right? Uh, and so I take a deep breath in. I'll invite you to do that as well and breathe out. And now look at your object and have it do it as well. Breathe in and out. Okay, great. Now that your object has, you know, breath, uh, it needs another thing. It needs to know, um, uh, it needs eyes, right? Any object, right, can have eyes. Uh, so you need to know where it's looking, right? And so it's going to look this way. It's going to look this way. Oh, it's really excited about what's going on over here. Oh, then it comes back, right? Third thing you need uh, is how you move. You need locomotion, right? So my my puppet here likes to move very slow like this and then goes back this way. It's very upset. Oh, wait, it's really upset now. Oh, no, it's getting upset. Oh, it's getting closer and then it's coming back. Awesome. And so these three things I have found um, have been really great in the work that I do, uh, especially thinking about social justice and movement in kids, right? You need breath. You need You need to breathe life into objects, you need to breathe life into movements. You need to know how you're going to move and how you're going to get there. Uh, and you need vision. Like you need to know where you're going to make this happen. And I think that, you know, I'm gonna let this, it's gonna take a bow and then go away. I think that this work is um, puppetry is the, is, is, I've say this a lot, puppetry is liberation because it shows us how to imbue life into an inanimate object so that we can imbue life into our own movements and our own bodies and our communities. Um, and so, yeah, so like where I'm at right now is like I've, you know, created a whole um, uh, collaboratively, a whole show uh, based on a a book by Inosanto Nagar. It's called My Night in a Planetarium. Um, and it uh, it's about Ino's life in Indonesia um, and how art, which is his dad's art, can make the world more fair. Um, I've also done a few short, you know, there's things called puppet slams. They're awesome. I love I'm assuming that's puppets. like poetry slams. They're similar kind of uh, style. Okay. <laughs> it's a similar, it, well, is it similar? They are, they are. So Puppet Slam is like short form, right? So three to five minute anything, right? So it can be, and puppetry comes in so many different ways, right? So there is shadow, there's hand, there's rod puppets, there's something called Bonraku where there's like five people holding on to like one limb of each puppet and they all move together in this really beautiful synchronous way. Um, uh, but these short forms are the, it's like a very short piece to, to get out. And, and a lot of the times, like it comes out of this like sort of like um, uh, uh, ground movement of just get something out there, right? And so a lot of times it's an adult, right? So sometimes mm -hmm. you have like these, these like puppets, like people think when you're thinking about puppets that it's like, you know, Jim Henson and or like Sesame Street, right? But like, I've seen puppets have sex, right? And so it's really like this, very wonderful space to to create um and so you can you build puppets and then you you put it on this the show and then you you know you're you get things back so i've created some pieces um that are um that i've debuted in in pups in puppet slams and also in like other um just other avenues of like i'm like you know don't 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 forget about puppets right <laughs> like i'm like that person that's like that's like it, it you know you know when you go out for grants and the, it, your thing is not there when so right. i see this all the times like is it theater i'm not sure is it is it is it around social yes it is and i, I want to check all the boxes right mm -hmm. um and people forget about puppetry and i'm like it's it is the it is a really liberating medium to get your your 
your voice out there? I, the way you described it really resonated for me in something that I feel, I mean, well, social justice on so many issues is like always mm -hmm. going on, but, but I feel like it really resonates with me, at least in, you know, my community of my queer community and drag, like mm -hmm. as somebody who's like, you know, I've done it long time ago drag <laughs> a couple mm. of times and just finding like that was an extremely liberating experience mm -hmm. maybe because I could and I imagine you can do this with puppets too you can work something out or portray something that is too scary to do when it's like you yourself right yep. and so I think that mm. like all and and same with theater too often yeah. and comedy like a lot of these things that can allow you to kind of put stuff out there that is just too scary to do uh standing on your own mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of power behind that um absolutely yeah yeah absolutely and and there's there's power in the, the doing but there's also power in the audience being able to receive mm -hmm. it right this yeah. there because there is it because it's it, because messages are given in in um because messages are given in throughout through this medium right it doesn't mm -hmm. it's not like you know that like it doesn't impact folks like um negatively um yeah. which is something i've noticed yeah yeah so i mean are there, I mean, I think the example too of your little of just like going through big emotions with them. Um, like I, I've got two kiddos, you know, nine and a half and seven. So, mm -hmm. um, and definitely have seen the wide spectrum of big emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think there's two things that you said when you were talking about that too, of like you being able to process what your kiddo was like saying, you know, about you to you, but not really to you mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. is big as well, because I, I don't know about you, but if, if you mentioned eighties and nineties, so I'm guessing we're close to the same age. Yeah. Um, I was born in, in early eighties. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like our generation and the generations that preceded us didn't spend a lot of time of understanding how to deal with big emotions and work through big emotions. And having kids is like the number one way of seeing like yeah. fall short when it comes to like expressing yeah. emotions. You know, oh, they're such uh, mirrors, right? Yes. They're such mirrors. Oh, we had like <laughs> Yes, we have had we've yes. So my again, my little's ten, and you know, the, the range. A friend, a friend of mine, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure. Like once you feel like you have it set, like you understand, then they there's change. immediate change. This yes, is yeah. just an immediate change. And you're like, what? Wait, no, we were mm -hmm. we were working, we were doing the yep. thing, and you know, one of my friends said uh parenting a preteen is like hugging a porcupine and I have been like that's just been in my head like often mm -hmm. like I'm like okay I can you know I'm, I'm yeah I'm gonna love this porcupine like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hug them if they let me right mm -hmm. um yeah so the so the the idea around these big emotions and like it's it's us really thinking and breaking generational traumas mm -hmm. and tropes and things like that right like like mm -hmm. I know that my like thoughts around like they need to respect me come from right. my forebears right right but yeah. then I'm like what is respect really right mm -hmm. and is is the respect that I that I'm thinking that I should be getting uh uh the right type of respect that I would want right and right. so it's tough like it is really tough but it also is worth it right because I think mm -hmm. about like like what is our actual goal right is it because I because I work within schools mm -hmm. and I think about like you know 
uh, what is the goal of schooling, right? And I know the goal of schooling, right, is to to make little good little workers, right? That's the mm-hmm. impetus of schooling, right? And the goal of parenting shifts, right? But I work in schools and I'm like, okay, I know that that's the goal, right? What is the thing that I'm doing as counter narrative to that within the schools, within the kids, within the teachers, all of these things. I think the same way for, for parenting, right? Like mm-hmm. what can I do that's going to feel awful? Cause I know, cause it's, this is something deep right. ingrained in my body, right? That is going to be a counter narrative to kids being seen and not heard to, yeah. to my child giving, having big feelings and actually yelling at me. Right. Like yeah. all of these things, like, what does that really feel like? And like, you have to keep, it's like, keep your eyes on the prize, right? The, the eyes on the prize is like liberated kids, right? Yes. Like, like, that's the prize. It's hard to see sometimes because days are cloudy, but <laughs> the goal is liberated kids. And like, yeah, by any way that we can get there that like actually breaks down a little bit and helps helps heal the child inside of me, yep. then yep. like- like, yes, let's all, let's all do that. This is going to, it's going to suck, <laughs> but, but there are glimpses of, of sunlight throughout this that I like just keep oh, yeah. going and looking at. Yeah. I, I, yes, I, I feel so much. There are times where it's just like, you know, maybe my mom had something going on right there with, the, <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. to be seen not thing but then I see you know especially when our kids don't think we're watching those are Mm. like my favorite moments to Mm. catch because then it's like oh I'm I'm really not doing bad because I just watched them do some like super empathetic thing or you know super like damn the man thing that is like yes I wish I had that spirit yeah you know (laughs) as a kid and yeah. uh, and like like you and just encouraging that and thinking for themselves and always questioning mm-hmm. like I'm a big fan of don't take an adult's word like if there yeah. if there's something in your body that's telling you that doesn't feel right ask yeah. the questions yeah <laughs> because yeah like ask the questions and ask, say the words adults don't ask ourselves the questions enough um you know to like really get stuff so I'm curious when you like kind of really started getting into the puppeteering, was there a moment where you felt like you were confronting kind of like something, you know, deep in, in you, some kind of, maybe not directly trauma, but something that you were like reteaching yourself. Do you feel like there was Mm -hmm. something um, that came about just from the process of, hmm. of puppeteering? That's a good question. This like, you know, there's, um, I mean, I think this is sort of the traje- traje- trajectory of my work, right? Like, like I think about teaching, right? In a way that I've been taught, right? So there's a adult at the beginning of the, the, the front of the room, And then the kids are empty vessels by which I'm supposed to pour stuff into their heads. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I realized that like, like that's not what I want. Right. But that's the way that I've been taught. So the, the relearning and unteaching of that from myself happens through puppetry. I think, um, I don't know what kids are. That's the other thing about this. And I think adults have a lot of fear around this is that like, if I can get ahead of whatever narrative, whatever thing this kid's going to say, right? Then, then I'm safe. And then I, but, but there's a, there's a, there's a moment by which we just need to allow for kids to say the things that they need to say. And I think that that's, that's the moment for me. We, in the show, in the planetarium show, there are moments where I stop and ask kids um, about the, the themes that are going on. So it's like a little bit breaking the fourth wall and talking with kids, right? this is not something that happens in puppet shows, right? It's, it's, it's very much is like, I'm like, what do you think that I should do? And I just wait. And th- there's a moment of like, wait, we're supposed to talk back to her, <laughs> right? right? And then there's a yeah. moment of like, like, 
oh, I can say, I can say the things I need to say, you know, it's interesting because today uh, I just did a puppet show at the library um, earlier today. And uh, there's a moment where we ask kids like um, uh, a little bit of backstory. There's a, there's a, there's a general and uh, the, the, um, if you read my night in a planetarium, you'll know all of this. Uh, but uh, there's a general and he says, they say that they need to bring their toothbrushes just in case they need to go to jail, right? And so we say that and I'm like, I'm a part of this show. I'm really scared. I'm not sure what I should do. Now, nine times out of 10, kids are like, you should just keep doing it. And then you hear all of the things that kids have been learned and taught and stuff like that. Right. Today was different. And so today, Hey, the kids are like, you should run away and save yourself. Or uh, kids were saying, and I was like, whoa, okay. All right. All right. I need to be like prepared for this. Where's that coming from? Right. And so I could have said, and I didn't, I wish I had said, yeah, probably run away, you know, and then really dumb, dove into what, what they were actually mm -hmm. saying, you know, but that idea of that moment of like, I'm just going to be quiet as the adult and give kids, not even give kids, allow, uh, what's the word? I'm just gonna be quiet and get out of the damn way and let kids yeah. like like say the things that they need to say. Um, I get those moments often in my work, just just this like, okay. ooh, you're the you're acting like the adult right now, Tanya. You need to, you need to back up. What does this, you know, I've heard the term adult supremacy recently and I was like oh like it just yeah it was straight to my my chest and I was like oh where oh where does that like here's more work yeah. I need to be doing right um but there's like those are those are the moments and I just I just be by virtue of the goal of of being the leading the way for liberated kids and getting all of the adult crap out of the way um that comes up often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. There was um, a period I spent quite a few years as a as a consultant and going in and teaching like very technical things to groups of adults. Mm. And mm. when I first started that, it was like you kind of said, like I felt like okay, I'm the person with all the knowledge. I just have to cram all of this into their heads um you know and they have to learn it type thing and then mm -hmm. I was taught a different way which is I think of it more as like crowdsourcing and kind of just mm -hmm. being like they know a lot of this even if they've never you know read this technical specification like right. this is a group of smart people they know these things and like mm -hmm. learning the art like you said of like asking a question though there is definitely an art to how to ask a question well in order mm -hmm. to, to get you know certain answers but um mm -hmm. and then really being able to be quiet and I noticed for and it still does like a lot of adults even get very uncomfortable in that setting you know they are used to like yes. you said kind of the schools like no you give me the information and I don't have to really engage and really like become part mm -hmm. of this space. And now mm -hmm. I'm in grad school and, you know, I TA mm -hmm. and I teach undergrads or I'm in a, in mm -hmm. a classroom as a student mm -hmm. with undergrads in there as well. Mm -hmm. And it boggles my mind. But when you said that, it just like kind of clicked. I was like, no wonder these like 18 to 22 year olds aren't speaking or don't know how to participate in a yeah. conversation and give their thoughts because for 18 years we told them not to yeah like, we yep. told them to stay quiet in your chair and just absorb all of this information mm -hmm. we didn't give mm -hmm. them space to ask yeah. questions or share their opinion um and then on top of that then we blame them for not being able to figure out right like, the the system has changed now you need to on a dime right. start speaking you know right. Um, right one of the things i found that's been really helpful in this is 
letting folks know this is all by design. We can we can together change this narrative, right? So just showing folks that like, just asking folks actually, what does schooling look like? What is schooling supposed to be, right? And and then and then having them figure out, wait a minute, like you know, like I I, I do this with young kids too. Just this idea of like, let's get mad at the system, like yep. let's get mad at the ways by which we've been trained to be good workers. We've been trained yep. to be quiet. We've been trained to tr to strive for perfection, but the environment doesn't allow for that to happen. Yep. Like let's right. be. You know, like all of these like ways in which we are we are supposed to show up in this in the U.S. society and society as a whole, yeah. right? Um, I show folks that I'm like, look, look, look at this, look at look at look at the mess that we are swimming in that we don't know we're swimming in it, right? Let's all start to think about what we're what what let's all start to undo all of these these different yeah. things that we've been trained to do, um, and I always find that like once folks start to be like, wait, what? Right. Yeah. They get that. Like, there's like a feeling of like, wait, I've been duped all these years. There's a level mm -hmm. of anger that happens. Right. Yeah. And this is with kids too. There's a level of anger that happens and then there's engagement. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, yeah, I love, I, I, I do love, um, I like in my work sometimes to like, you know, the matrix, remember the matrix? Yes. You remember that show? Right. So you yeah, remember yeah. The, the red pill and the blue pill, right? Right. I like yeah, in my yeah. work to like, this is it. Like, this is it. We're taking the, I think the red, red, red pill is waking up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the red pill is waking up, right? And so, like, let's take this red pill together and wake up uh, and see the world for what it is and know yeah. how we want to create, create together. Yeah. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Sonia Renee Taylor who says, like, we're already living in somebody else's imagined reality like we can just mm. imagine another one and go live in that mm. <laughs> we don't have it's, to continue to live within right. this one <laughs> right yeah she said like uh, like all of those ways are dead um yeah. also um i forget i forget the other person that did it uh that said something about the pandemic being this portal Right. And mm -hmm. like, this is the, we, we can, we can, we can, we can drag all this stuff with us or we can just let it go. Right. <laughs> and it's such a free, it's such a freeing thing. And then you sometimes just start to get enveloped into it again. Right. So you have to keep yeah. breaking. I, I liken this work sometimes to like, like duct tape. Right. So you, you put two pieces of duct tape together. Right. And you you pull it away, right? It's gonna snap back a little bit, right? Yep. And you got all this other stuff to get through. But once you do it, yep. and you do it a few times, it loses its stick. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, let's work on losing the stick together uh, and throw it away. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, I'm I'm gonna be transparent though and say there are moments where I'm like, sometimes I want the blinders put back on because mm. damn, this is hard. This is yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is really yeah. hard to all of a sudden, every TV show, every song, every mm. like, uh, mm. you know, kind of interaction in some kind of system, whether it be the education system mm. or corporation, like everything you see all of the like underlying like systemic racism and systemic yeah. homophobia and all yeah. of that stuff and it can just be like Way remember when much. i was young and i even didn't yeah. <laughs> here's the thing about that though right i i absolutely totally get that and then i realized that like i've been trying to find pockets of joy right like actual joy Right? right. And so like, I do think that there's a, like, once that I have said this sometime, I'm like, man, white supremacy is kicking my ass this week. And then what do I have going on? Right? Like there's, yeah. it's there, right? It, this is yeah. the culture by which we're at, and it, I can see it. And I'm like, man, like, I need more people to see this. And then also, where am I going to find my joy? You know, there's a, um, person that I uh, uh, really admire, her name is Goldie, Dr. Goldie Muhammad, and she wrote a book called Cultivating Genius, and it's for uh, uh, 
people to teach. How do you teach? Right. And so she talks about these four, five ways by which she was like, she was studying black literacy, literary societies, right. And in, in the, in the late 1800s and 19, early 1900s. And she was like, how did black people get knowledge during this time? Right. And so she, she had said, okay, they didn't just look at the skills. They did just look at the things that they were supposed to learn. They were looking at their identity development skills. They were looking at their, um, intellectual development, like new knowledge. They were also looking at, at the criticality, like what, what does power and oppression look like to me in the society? And then the fourth one is joy. How did, like during this time, like to, in order to do all of those pursuits, you have to have some joy yeah. to, 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 to pull you through, right? And also prioritize it. Um, and then she wrote a second book after that called Unearthing, Unearthing Joy. And so I used that framework to talk about what can happen during the curriculum, right? In the curriculum, in, in schools, kids are just learning rote standards, right? Yep. What would it look like if we were thinking about their identity development, we were thinking about the new knowledge that they do, and we were thinking about them thinking about the, the world around them as it relates to power, as it relates to criticality, as it relates to justice, right? Um, and then making sure that at each step there's joy, right? Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm like, I'm a, 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 a raging optimist <laughs> that the work that we do is the, the uh, like that work um, can happen and it doesn't, it won't turn into this, oh man, like, like I, I want to get to the world where, when white supremacy is not kicking my ass during a week, right? Like, and how do I do that to make sure, like, if I'm generating joy for myself and generating joy for youth and generating joy for the teachers and generating joy for our community, then like, I, it's not going to, right? And so I try to think about this balance, like my, my next project focuses on this this bodily remembrances of joy for 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 black women and you know what that looks like that looks like double dutch that looks like you know hand clapping games that looks like hopscotch that looks like music that looks like the cheer dances that we used to do right bringing that back right um uh through through puppetry uh so i'm going to be doing that with a with a, a little little puppet um with a lot within a large planter, um, I got I got funds to do a public art piece. It's my first public art piece. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm also like really well, congratulations on, on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, and you're. I mean, and yes, and an excellent point, and something that I really do strive to try and stop and think about is is that point how am I helping mm. to bring joy about um or maybe even just giving space for it to come about um you're naturally. breaking up I didn't hear your last oh sorry um mm -hmm. am I back on now yes you are okay sweet um I was saying I have been trying to do more thinking on how to either how am I cultivating joy or bringing about you know joy not just in my space but also like I try to see myself out in the world as a walking space in order to be like mm. allowing others when they come in you know mm. kind of to my sphere if you will that that is a mm. space that they are free to experience joy in whatever way they need to experience mm. it that I mm. am trying to just create this orbiting atmosphere so that at least wherever yeah. I am and with others like that can be a space where laughter happens mm -hmm. especially um yeah yeah and on its own you know not something that's mm. rote or like scripted or anything that is just a natural mm -hmm. um happening and yeah yeah it's just it, it definitely is one of those things though it's like yeah sometimes white supremacy is kicking my ass too and yeah yeah it it, it kicks everybody's ass like it's yeah. not just like, like 
it's it's the yeah. air it is the air yeah. it is the very it's structures like right so like yeah like yeah and so like and then it, then you um and then here's the other thing I, I wanted to say while while I was talking I was like oh you know what I want to allow space for the fact that it's like man this is too much so mm-hmm. I wanted to because I realized I jumped in with the positivity and I'm like I'm really thinking about like that idea around like you know toxic positivity <laughs> I can't be doing that all the time right right I'm like no 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 wait look, look, look at the flowers look at the butterflies and and really let's really just have some space to be like this shit sucks can we swear here I'm sorry I didn't even yes yeah no yeah. <laughs> like 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 let's like really just be like yeah this sucks right and here's yeah. the thing right I think for for folks like us it's like yeah this sucks and like quitting is not an option right no. It's like once you see it, you can't unsee it, and and then it then it becomes a choice. Then it yep. becomes a choice. Um, and and you know, I'm always gonna choose the side of liberation for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I do I do want to say like, especially, and I think you probably are seeing this too with working in the schools. Like, I know some older generations are kind of like oh kids these days but I'm like Mm. no kids these days like I see so much hope (laughs) and joy in them and I see how they are going to change the world like I feel like my job really is just Mm -hmm. to set the stage as much as possible to let them be able to come up and just totally rock it out of the park like you know it's it's more like I'm sweeping up after after the previous generations to, yeah. to clear the stage for them to come in and and really yeah. shine that's what I want to see because I know my kiddos and their that. friends blow me away with with mm. just how much you know kindness there is how much they're already focused on taking a step back and understanding everything within a situation mm. um mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. able to like call something out as racist, you know, mm-hmm. in in fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, and being able to say, no, that's wrong. Like I think mm-hmm. there's just a lot of power in that. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see, you know, yeah. what is coming up. I agree. And I will say, you know, the there was this post by folks called Curious Parenting, and they had these quotes from like, like, like like the 1700s kids are terrible these days and then they had a quote from like the 1800s you shouldn't have kids ride bikes because it's got they're gonna their brains are gonna explode right like all of the every at every iteration of where we've had kids they have been adults saying oh my god the kids these days right i love this post because it's something that we we just hear this often right like back in my day, back in your day, like it was more violent, right? Like back in your yeah. day, right? You were hitting kids with like paddles back in your yeah. day, back in your day, back, back your grandmother, the kids weren't even in school. Like, like right. there's like so much like, 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 yeah, there's, there's, there is absolutely there. And here's the other thing about this is that like, I realized as, uh, for my role with little uprisings, it really is the kids are leading the way and I got to step up my game, right? Yeah. The pandemic has done, like the pandemic has done a lot of awful things. But I think that there are some, there are some things that have happened where the consciousness of the nation has been raised in a way that I think for kids is really salient. Um, I remember going to like, it was like, I was like my first thing like in person with, with, with some kids at the school and I was like oh does anyone know what justice is because I didn't know where they were right, right. And they were like justice is this and then they talked about George Floyd and I'm like oh 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 this is what we're doing okay okay and I like yes. completely threw my slides and my thing out of the way and said like, let's have this conversation because you all are way past where I was even two years ago right yeah um and so yeah the the idea about the kids are going to be all right is really really um really resonating resonating with me yeah 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 Mm -hmm. it is 
Do you, in your work, so you're doing a lot of work with kids, do you do work with um, adults on social justice as well through puppeteering? Uh, I do. It's interesting. I have a few projects going. It's not through puppeteering. Um, I do it a lot of work. When I work with adults, it's usually in the education setting. Um, although I've worked with folks that are like educating educators, right? And so like, I, I like the more I can get to this, to the, to the, to the, where the power is coming from, yep. <laughs> right? And the, and the policies <laughs> and all of these things, the, mm -hmm. the better, but also can be the worst, right? Because these folks mm -hmm. are, that have all of this power don't understand, right? Like there are just folks that nope. just don't get it and they don't understand. And, you know, where I come into this, usually I like to be the second string of work. Mm -hmm. Like you have already read the the knapsack. You have already, like, you have already like understood what privilege is. You have already read the books. You've already done that stuff, right? So I, mm -hmm. so, the, so then what I say is not surprising, right? Um, and so I like to work with folks that are like, I like to think of my like the little uprisings as the second string <laughs> of this. Um, Thinking about puppetry, we've had folks reach out to say, like, you know, I'm a teacher, I'm a, or I'm a professor, and I'm working with pre-service teachers. How do I use puppetry? Um, and uh, I'm I'm always like, okay, let's not just think that we can have students talking about racism to a six-year-old with a puppet. I need to know what's going on inside of your head yeah, and, yeah. and your analysis first before that can happen. Um, so there have been a few times where I've said no, this is not very, this is not as responsible yeah. as I would like for it to be. So no, I'm not going to be participating in it. But mm -hmm. if you're looking at um, what the practices are in the classroom, uh, like how are you thinking about, you know, you know, your students, you know, one of the, one of the really good barometers that I have is I ask folks to describe your students to me. It's like, tell me about your students. And it's always from a deficit standpoint, right? So public schools mm -hmm. in and of themselves, right? Usually are, you know, um, black and brown folks and usually white women teachers. That seems to be the, yep. the sort of dynamic across all of all of the US. Uh, and so when I come in and say, tell me about your students, um, I, I already get immediately that they were like, oh, something's wrong with these kids, right? And then I have to say, okay, so you just told me all, you told me that you're, you know, a title one school. You told me that, you know, gave me all the code. You said you will work in an urban district. You told me that you're, all the kids get free lunch. You told me that you have ESL, but right? you told me all of those things. You gave me the code. The code that you're giving me is, um, I don't believe in my students. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this again. Let me ask you a question. Tell me how your kids have just demonstrated genius today and there's a shift right mm -hmm. and I and I, then I say this is the shift that by which we're going to move through our time together this is the shift the shift is we're going to go from you know we talk about these we use these words a lot asset based like we use these words but it doesn't go into practice right and so my work really is when I focus with with, with teachers is uh how do we make sure that all of these values and ideas and all all this learning actually goes and actually benefits the kids that you're serving. Um, and then how do we make sure that the kids that are in the classroom have a hold and have a say in what they're learning um, and what they're, what they contribute? Because here's the thing, they probably know a lot more about justice and racism than you do. Yep. And so it's not up to you to teach them that, right? It's, it's just not. Yep. Um, it is. It is up for you to make sure that you're looking at their identity. You're looking at their development. You're looking at their identity development. You're looking at their knowledge development and you're looking at the ways in which they're going to talk about the world. Yeah. Wow. That just, um, that hit me really hard when you said what their answer is to start with, with the code. Mm -hmm. And to me, your response back to them is humanizing the students mm -hmm. for them. You're, break, you're breaking up. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Am I still breaking up? No, you're good now. Okay. Hang on a <laughs> second, Jesse. <laughs> um, I said you, when your response back to them after they give you the code, 
to me, what you're helping do is humanize the students, which is really sad. Hey, friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that they were ever dehumanized to begin with. That mm. they become statistics and numbers mm, and yeah. traits and not a person, not a whole person. Um, yeah. 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 Which I mean speaks to the system, right? The system is working well. Absolutely, it's it is doing yeah. what it's designed to do, right? And yeah. so, like, and and here's the thing about that is that when you when you point it out, there's a shift, and that's the shift that we want, and it's the shift that I believe most educators want to go towards. Yeah. It's a shift that they want to adopt. And I think that like, you know, it's, it's a rut and it's a pattern and, you know, like we really do need to break free of that pattern, get mad at that pattern and change our own patterning around this. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, 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 and our kids are amazing. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like our kids are so great. They're so beautiful and wonderful. And just like, they are genius. And we, mm -hmm to make that a fact right this is this is the starting point and then how do I make sure that I have that uh be the 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 link throughout the whole school year that I have these kids yeah absolutely because mm -hmm. we only have a few minutes left and I wanted to ask a little bit more about your public art project sure. and just um when I guess is that what's kind of the timeline and is it something okay. that you said it's public art. So it's something that more than just, you know, within the schools can, can participate. Oh, yeah. in, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the title of the project is called, they didn't know we were seeds. Uh, and what it is, is a, um, a large five by five planter, uh, that's in the shape of a black woman's face head. Um, and so there's be a plants on top that represent hair, uh, on the back side of it, is a small theater, like a small, so there's a there's a a, 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 a thing of puppetry called um, Lambe Lambe, which is a very small thing. And so it's like a little bit of a viewfinder. You look inside and you're able to see something going on. And my goal for this is that uh, there's gonna be a little black girl jumping rope. Uh, and then she's gonna be jumping through some scenes. And some of the scenes are around black Boston. And so the uh, one of the things that's really inspiring me is the Kambahi River Collective. Uh, so it's the bedrock of Black feminism, gave Kimberly Crenshaw the idea around intersectionality. Um, and so they got their start here in Boston. And so like, I wanted to like, just highlight that work as well. It's going to be at one of the libraries that's in Boston um, so that we can think about a story that features a young Black girl. That is a good story. <laughs> So a lot of our books, a lot of our stories are not, um, they don't, they don't, they don't do the thing that we want them to do. Um, and so this story is having this child. And so the, the project will be hopefully debuted around Juneteenth this year. Uh, it's a temporary public art piece. So it's going to go from, uh, June to December, uh, the plants that are going to be on top, um, I'm having, uh, they're being donated by, um, uh, a CSA that is gonna give me indigo. Um, I don't know if you know the, the history of indigo, but yeah, so there's, so we're gonna be getting indigo. There's gonna be ceremony around harvesting the indigo and dying with other black women. Um, and so like there's, then there's also these thoughts around like, how do I invite folks to play? Like if this, if this puppet is going to jump rope, how do we invite folks to play? And so um, I have another show happening in May with a collective, they're called the Unadulterated Black Joy Collective, uh, five Black moms. And we have a show at the Piano Craft Factory in May, um, all about like motherhood, all about uh, reclaiming our joy. And, and um, uh, I'm still, I have like a lot of a million pieces in my head that I'd love to put in there. I'm the only one there that's not like cut, dry, like, artists right so we have like painters we have wood wood sculptures and like uh, like all of that but like I'm like what am I gonna do uh, like I like experiences right like I 
I like experiences. And so yeah. I'm like, how do I, how can I have folks playing hand games with each other or double Dutch inside of this gallery? Like, can we do that? Um, and so the, so the, and then there's going to be a small puppet piece, like a small box by which people can look in and make a puppet move. Um, but yeah, that's, th those are the things that are coming up for me this year. <laughs> awesome. Then my yeah. really like one of my last questions is, is do you travel outside of Boston? Cause I feel like I want to, <laughs> uh, if nothing else, I'd love to get you at my kids' school. Cause I'm selfish yeah. that way, but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So we are, um, yeah, I would love to, I, I mean, I think that like to do some of the work, we do some work on Zoom, but if you're looking for like a puppet show or like workshops and things of that sort, absolutely. I also work with teachers to develop their own ways of, of playing with folks. Like, so I have a workshop called Tutus for Batman, where it's all about gender identity, right? And we play a game called Popping Stereotypes. I have another one around the um, the Kambahi River Collective and where the kids write love letters to black women. Um, I have another one around like um, planting the seeds of resistance and like, what does it look like to, to be a farmer and what does the environment look like and how it disproportionately affects folks. Um, and, I'm, and I have Juneteenth workshop, like I do a lot. <laughs> And I love being around kids. So absolutely do travel. Um, you can find my work um, at littleuprisings.org or find you, will you do this stuff? Uh, you find me on Instagram <laughs> at littleuprisings and then at Tanya Nixon Silberg underscore art. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you today. Yes. So I appreciate Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here i feel like we could get into some really deep theoretical conversations too uh, <laughs> i agree <laughs> have me back because i i this is this has made me very happy so it could yeah, be a two part series yes <laughs> that's right that's right um yeah. well awesome and yes i will when uh this goes up i will make sure i kind of link all of your uh your website and and instagram and everything so people can see when everything is coming up and mm -hmm. i've got quite a few um listeners on the east coast so then hopefully they can uh, make it and see your um public art installation too which mm. sounds amazing awesome. um, um <laughs> yeah and congratulations again on that um so yeah Thank you so much for um, taking the time to to chat today and um, mm -hmm. teach me a little bit about puppeteering. What's their um, What's their name? Oh, uh, this is Jesse. This is my, my Hi, Jesse. <laughs> Hello, Jesse. <laughs> Good to meet you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, thank you so much for chatting. Okay, so again, that uh, was Tanya Nixon-Silberg, and I hope if you are in the East Coast and anywhere near Boston, please, please, please go see her show that is opening, like, basically right now. Um, <clears throat> uh, the opening ceremony is this Saturday, uh, June 10th, 2023, and it is from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the Boston Public Library. So please go check that out. It is called They Did Not Know We Were Seeds. Um, extremely powerful. Uh, again, please go check that out. You can follow along and find the links uh, to follow along with Tanya in the show notes for today's episode. So you can just check that out uh, in the description for the episode on whatever podcast app you are using. All right, if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please consider um, supporting further by going to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution. There's many different tiers there available for you to choose from. So you can check that out and anything is appreciated. Also, please, please, please consider going to um, iTunes or 
Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure that you follow the podcast and then hit the little button for the notification so you get notified when new episodes come out. Uh, This is just one of many that will be coming out very shortly. Um, I haven't been putting them out, but I have been continuing to record. So please believe me, there are more episodes coming. So make sure you follow along and hit the notifications. And if you enjoyed the episode, also uh, head on over and give us a five-star review on iTunes. All of that helps uh, get more attention to the podcast and more attention to these amazing creators and artists that I have the privilege of speaking with. All right. So until the next episode, I hope you all are out there helping to craft a revolution and create your your work and what makes you happy and sharing it with others. All right. Until next time. Bye.